You're about to listen to Grace Pills by Reverend Josh Lai, lead pastor at Caris Center International. Reverend Josh Lai is a preacher of the gospel of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Be blessed as you listen. Father, we thank you once again for the opportunity to share fellowship with you. We honor you for always in us, working, doing great and mighty things. Thank you for clarity of thought, of expression, of understanding, and of purpose. None, none, and none shall go with a gray area. Each one shall receive understanding, and the full understanding graciously to the glory of your name. We shall bear fruit of the word. Thank you for accuracy and precision of the word in the knowledge of Christ. You are exalted. You are exalted. You are exalted because we are submitted to your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so we're still looking at Hebrews 10. 38 and 39, uh, we are doing the exegesis. And like you heard last week, we got to the 28, 29. That's where we ended. So we are coming to actually finish it off. Praise God. Yes. So we <clears throat> realized in the 28, 29 that the writer was actually speaking to unbelievers, okay? Those who were rebellious, just like the way King Agrippa had the accurate, precise knowledge but rejected it. Now, the Hebrew writer would speak to how those who deliberately knew the law of Moses faced, I mean, I mean the, that, like she said, dire consequences, because they rejected the law. They knew the law. And they fouled the law. And because of that, they were killed. Some were stoned. He said that, well, if you reject the truth, the rejection of the truth, the consequence of the rejection is more harsh. Now, what is he referring to? What consequence? Hell. And that's what you call the unpardonable sin. Unpardonable sin is not any sin, act of sin that a man does. Because every sin that a man does, listen very carefully, Jesus has taken them away. <laughs> okay? So what actually is the problem is that when a man rejects the God-man who took away all his sins, then it means he will remain in his sin. And because of that, he can be in God and with God. So the Hebrew writer was making them understand that rejection of the word, the gospel, faces a harsher consequence than even that of the law of Moses, where they were suffering more like physical death. Is that very clear? Is that very clear? Okay. So now let's go to the verse 30 and 31. Now look at how 
Observe how he describes those who oppose the knowledge of the truth, the gospel, the reality and the eternal and perfect status of the sacrifice of Jesus for sins in the preceding verse. Verse 30, 31. For we know him that has said, vengeance belongeth unto me. I will recompense, saith the Lord. And again, the Lord shall judge his people. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Did you see that? I'm going to speak extensively about the vengeance of God. But then I'm bringing this just here in context so you can have an idea. So the vengeance of God is not God coming at somebody, a man, a human being. For God so loved the world that he gave what? So how can the God who loves us fight us? So when you see people praying against enemies and they are mentioning human beings, they don't understand their faith. And they are being used by the devil. And they give the devil a wonderful job to do. So what the writer is telling them here, don't forget, is regarding salvation. And the rejection of what? The gospel. So it should tell you the context in which Deuteronomy 32, 35, that was where this vengeance is mine, said the Lord, was first quoted. And if you study that whole chapter of Deuteronomy 32, 35, he was actually speaking to the salvation of man. So God's vengeance is actually rather to show love, but it becomes vengeance to the one who has been shown love, but does not receive the love and rejects it. Are you getting the point? Uh -huh. So what actually he, he, he avenged for is he avenged for sin and redeemed you and me. So when you say vengeance is the Lord, actually what the Lord looks for is to see repentance. Is to see repentance. Okay. So the one who repents by receiving the gospel is free from the vengeance of God. What God has atoned for, he did not escape from it and stayed in his sin. What sin? The sin that Adam sinned. Unbelief. Is that very clear? Have I made myself very clear? Do we all understand? Okay. Yes. So, Vengeance is mine has nothing to do with God against believers or against mankind. Not at all. Not at all. It has no scratch of truth in it. Is that very clear? So he did not use this text for believers, but for unbelievers who were brothers with him in descent or in the natural. But they were not brothers in the faith. Is that very clear? So they were all Jews, but they were not all Christians. So he was speaking to those who were not Christians, but Jews within the audience. Is that very clear? So the text in Hebrews 10, 26 to 29, was not to believers losing their salvation. The sin willfully in context is to reject or oppose the knowledge of the truth, which is the gospel. The reality and eternal and perfect status of the sacrifice of Jesus for sins. So the text was referring to unbelievers and not believers. Let's go to 32 to 37. 
But call to remembrance the former days in which after you were illuminated, ye endured a great fight of afflictions, partly whilst ye were made a gazing stock, both by reproaches and afflictions, and partly whilst ye became companions of them that were so used. For ye had compassion of me in my bones, and took joyfully the spoiling of your goods, knowing in yourselves that ye have in heaven a better and enduring substance. Cast not away, therefore, your confidence, which has great recompense of reward. For ye have need of patience, that after ye have done the will of God, ye might receive the promise. For yet a little while, and he that shall come will come and will not tarry. Praise God. You can see now that the writer is addressing another part of his audience. Can you see that? Because of the language, because of the tone, and the words that are being used, you can see that he's now referring to believers. Is that very clear? Let's observe the words he used to address them. The word illuminated, okay? Translated from the Greek word phototizo, phototizo, sorry, or phototizane. It is the same word that was used Hebrew Hebrews 6.4, you remember, okay? Enlightened, okay? Yes. And he was referring then to believers, okay? What did the writer mean in verse 34? By you have a heaven, a better and enduring substance. So he was comparing to what inheritance people have physically. Is that very clear? And with the law. You see, the reason why most Christians are very, very materialistic is because, you see, when you look at the Old Testament, the inheritance it shows you is more of material stuff. And that's why you see that most charismatic and Pentecostal churches Preach from the Old Testament more than the New Testament. Why? Because they love the material stuff. Okay, so he was talking to Jews. And that's why he's telling them, you don't have just the earth. You have heaven. And that gives you a better and enduring substance. So he was talking about eternity. You are spiritual people and your lot is heavier, is weightier. Is that very clear? Say, I have, a, I have a weightier lot. Okay, all right. So, the words heaven and better in the entire book was used by the writer to describe Jesus Christ. His high priesthood, his sacrifice, his blood, his work, and everything that he did, he did, sorry, for the believer. In other words, remission of sins, sanctification. Perfection, cleansing of our hearts, boldness, confidence. We have seen all of that. Is that very clear? So now let's look at the verses that speak to these. Where he speaks to heaven and he speaks to what? Better. Is that very clear? So that we can see who he refers to and what he refers to in using those words. So you know that he could never be talking to unbelievers. He was talking to who? Believers. Okay. So Hebrews 9.24 for Christ is not entered into the holy places, 
made with hands, which are the figure of the true, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us. Is that very clear? So, referring to who? Christ. Hebrews 10.34. For ye had compassion of me in my bones. What we just read. Took joyfully the spoiling of your goods, knowing in yourselves that ye have in heaven a better and enduring substance. Hebrews 12.23. To the general assembly, the church of the firstborn, which, were, which are written in heaven, and to God, the judge of all, and to the spirit of just men made perfect. So he was talking to believers. Clear. Hebrews 3.1. Wherefore, holy brethren, holy brethren, holy brethren, you are holy. You are holy. You are not going to be holy. You are not fasting to be holy. You are fasting so that you will live your very nature. Is that very clear? The fasting doesn't make you holier. No. The fasting rather helps you to express who you already are. It is called consecration. You are already holy. Is that very clear? So your fasting and your prayer helps you to starve yourself. So you can reveal your nature as the spirit man. Clear. Hebrews 3.1. I said, holy brethren. Then you see the word used. Partakers of the heavenly calling. Say, I'm a partaker. Not of just earthly calling, but of heavenly calling. So you see that every time, like I told you on Sunday, you can see the earth and the heaven coming together. So God's perfect plan has been achieved in Christ. The light in Genesis 3, 1, 3. Okay. So Genesis 1, 1 has been fulfilled. Now, in man is both heaven and earth. Do you understand it? That's why in 2 Corinthians 4, what did he say? There is what? Treasure. <laughs> that the excellency may not be of man, but of God. I'm going to teach on that. I'm going to teach on the heaven and earth. See it through. So God created you right from the beginning. What God intended is that you have the heavenly image so you can dominate the earth. That's why man rather became a slave to the earth. From the beginning, it was not so. Hebrews 6, 4. For it is impossible for those who were once enlightened and have tasted of the heavenly gift. <laughs> the heavenly gift is Christ and his eternal life. The life of God. Is that very clear? Yes. And we're made perfect, partake here, sorry, of the Holy Ghost. Do you not understand why we say our, uh, what's our, this thing? What do you call it? Living heaven on earth. You now understand it. Hebrews 8, 5. So anytime you see your brother, what do you tell them? If you see your brother, your sister... Tell them, are you living heaven on earth? Ask them and, 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 let, and let them say, yes. Yes, I am. So that we live in that consciousness every time. Yes. Because that's it. We live heaven on earth. We live heaven on earth. This thing is born of God. Because I remember all the time. All of these things, the Lord just showed me and I wrote them down. Yes. All of these things. Yes. And I wrote them down. And I didn't have much insight into them. Yeah. Everything I wrote down, the philosophy of the church, everything. Hebrews 9.23. It, it was therefore necessary that the patterns of things in what? In the heavens. Should be purified with these. But the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices than these. Did you see the heaven? Did you see the heavens? Did you see the better? 
Hebrews 12, 22. But ye are come unto Mount Zion, unto the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels. Hello. Yes. Angels are all around you, ready to be commanded to do your bidding. Yes. To do your bidding. That's why you walk in the consciousness. And you know, yeah, 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 yeah. Hebrews eleven sixteen. But now they desire a better country. He was talking to the patriarchs that in their faith, they had a desire. Not for the promised land that Israel is now fighting about. That's not what they were desiring. The guys were living in tents. They had a better desire. Hebrews said it, for a better country. <laughs> Praise God. That is unheavenly. Wherefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God. For he had prepared for them a city. When you don't have money in your pocket, don't lament as if you are more brower. Change your desire. He start complaining like an unbeliever. We are seeing here. Bibia say, yes. I encountered a lady yesterday. Say, oh, pastor, sorry. I have not looked for you for a long time. I said, oh, don't worry. I'm rather sorry for you that you've not looked for me. Because everything she was telling me, she was in a sorry state. I said, you are, you, I'm sorry. I should be saying sorry. And all she was lamenting. And this is not nice. And this is not going well for me. And that is not going well for me. And that's not going well for me. And then she started crying. Oh, many of us have been there because of what we are feeding on. So she's depressed because she feels worthless. It's a design. It's a design to make you feel worthless. To always be at the mercy of somebody. It's a design. It's a design. It's a design. It's a design. Until you have a certain house, you are not there. Until you have a certain amount of money, you are not there. Until you have a certain this, you are not there. So you keep going for. The moment you get one, they update the next. And then the one you are holding feels worthless. You have to make sure you get another. You are running after shadows. It's a trap. Our fathers desired a better country. Wherefore, God is not ashamed. To be called their God. For he has prepared for them a city. Hebrews 1.4. Be made so much better than angels. I used it here. I spoke to somebody. I was telling them, listen to me very carefully. Angels cannot teach you. He brought me a book, Heaven and Hell. Yes. And angels were teaching the man. He's called Emmanuel Swedenborg. Don't go and read a book. It will pollute you. Because it's half true. Yes, it's half true. It's very deceptive. You see the man dividing the word. Dividing it powerfully. And then angels are teaching him. There are avenues in heaven. Show you houses. Streets. I'm sure we have Abrahamic street. Jacobic street. Very soon. Yes. You know. Yes. And he says, even angels have homes. Yeah. You know, yes. The, the first time angels thought, they deceived man. You must know scripture. That's why you must, listen, when we are, study scripture, because you can easily be deceived. The first time angels thought, it was Lucifer. He decided to teach Adam and Eve, and they gave him hearing. That's how man felt. Because God was the one talking to them all the while, and teaching them. Tell him, name the animals. Tell him, tend the garden. Do this. Now he was being taught, instructed by angels. And the second time angels taught again the law. Angels only gave interventions sent by God. And they send messages. 
as God has sent them. They don't teach doctrine. They learn insight from us. That's why anytime angels are described, they have their faces up. In other words, they don't have light to see. So they don't know God. You can't say a servant knows the bedroom more than the sun. Is that very clear now? So that's what the Hebrew writer was doing here. Being so much better than what? Angels. Jesus did not become an angel. Otherwise, Jesus would have become an angel. But he became a man who cheated him. So every religion came through angels. Joseph Smith had an encounter with angels in the woods. He was fasting and praying. Abraham. Mohammed. All of them. They allowed angels to teach them. Hebrews 6, 9. But beloved, we are persuaded better things of you and things that accompany salvation. Though we thus speak. Praise God. Hebrews 6, 9. But beloved, we are persuaded better things of you and things that accompany what? Salvation. Oh, sorry. Hebrews 1, 4 and then Hebrews 6, 9. Is that very clear? Okay, so I'm done. Now look at Hebrews 7, 7. And without all contradiction, the less is blessed of the better. We take of the better. We receive of the better. Is, is that very clear? Yes. And he's talking to Israel and what Christ gave. Is that very clear? And this particular one speaks to the Melchizedek thing. You know that. Hebrews 7, 19. For the law made nothing perfect, but the bringing in of a better hope did. The Lord did not bring anything perfect. But Christ gave us a better hope. By the which we draw nigh unto God. Do you understand the point? Yes. Hebrews 7.22. By so much was Jesus made a surety. A surety. A surety. A surety. Listen to me. Guarantee. Say guarantee. Say I have guaranteed. Say I am guaranteed of a better testament. So you see what Epaphras was talking about when he was praying? That we stand mature and complete in all the will in the testament. Praise God. Hebrews 8, 6. But now has he obtained a more excellent ministry. <laughs> By how much also he is the, the mediator. Moses was a mediator. Christ is the mediator of a better covenant which was established upon better promises. So you see, he was using the word in comparison. The old and what? The new. Christ and the law. Is that very clear? In Hebrews eleven thirty-five, 35. Women received their deed, raised, their, their dead raised, from, uh, raised to life again. And others were tortured, not accepting not accepting deliverance. This is deep. I told you the other time that there are people who have the opportunity to be healed. They say, I don't want it. This is what he's talking about. They had opportunity to be delivered from death. They say, we'll die for the Lord. Why? That they might obtain a better resurrection. You are afraid to die. A small cockroach in the name of Jesus. But these guys were ready to die for the Lord. They could be delivered. They say, oh, we have a better resurrection. You're quiet. Hebrews eleven forty. When you are holding on to that small money and it's everything to you, people are giving their lives without care. God having provided some better thing for us, a better thing for us, that they without us should not be made perfect. So they were kept in paradise, waiting. When Christ resurrected, they also resurrected. 
And together with us, we all became perfect. Oh, glory. glory. The last, Hebrews 12, 24. And Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the sprinkling of blood, that speaks better things than that of Abel. Praise God. So you can see clearly that the word heaven and better that the writer used could not be speaking to unbelievers. Clear. It was speaking to who? Believers. He also used the word confidence. And you recall that the word confidence was used in context to the same chapter in verse 19 as boldness. Is that very clear? Uh, okay. And it came by the blood of Jesus. So in redemption, we receive what? Boldness. In redemption, we receive what? Boldness. Is that very clear? Okay. So hence, in verses 33 to 37, the writer was talking to believers. Now observe carefully. We've got into the place. The main text that we exegeted. Verse 38 and 39. He says, now the just shall live by faith. But if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. But we are not of them who draw back unto perdition, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. So like I said, if you read this in isolation, you would think it is saying that uh, your salvation can be lost. True or false? Okay. And then you think that there's an ongoing saving of the soul. So there will be a time that your soul will not be saved again. So it's a process. You have been saved. Ah, praise God. So what did the writer mean? But of them that believe to the saving of the soul. First, notice the above text has two, two, them. T-H-E-M. The them, they are two. Them who draw back unto perdition. Them who believe to the saving of the soul. True or false? Oh, true or false? So that them are what? Two. Now, we now need to identify the them in the two scenarios painted by the writer in his explanation. Clear? Okay. Notice again that the writer himself was inclusive of the second one, the second them, using we. Is that very clear? So you see how you exceed it. You have to be detail-oriented. Okay. So, observe the text. The writer mentions the phrase, draw back twice. True or false? Okay. If any man draw back. So that one was generic. If any man. But we are not of them that draw back unto perdition. <laughs> Is that very clear? So we are not them that draw back unto perdition. But we, but of them that believe to the Saving of what? So, is it very clear? Now, you can therefore see there's a Greek word used, ace. Write it down. Unto and to. E-I-S. It actually speaks to the result of the action before it. The result of the action before it. So, in other words, perdition is the result of drawing back. And then the saving of the soul is the result of believing. Is that very clear? So, it's a result because of an action or it's an effect because of an action. It is not a process. So, unto, to, speaks to result of an action. 
So what is before it is because of what has happened. So it's not something that is going on. It is something that has been done. And therefore, it is speaking to its effect. So those who do not believe, who draw back, they did not believe. They are in perdition. Those who believed, their souls are saved. Praise God. So it is an action. I didn't believe. I drew back. And therefore, the result is, I am a child of perdition. You see, Jesus used that for Judas. Except the son of perdition. <laughs> Do you get the point? <laughs> now, anytime they even speak to perdition, they normally speak in the understanding of omniscience. Have you realized that? It's as if the person was destined to. It's never a process. Have you realized that? Jesus said, all I have saved, except the son of perdition, which refers to the one who did not believe. But he speaks to it as if, right from the beginning, he was destined not to believe. But they speak to that because God's omniscience already knows that the person will be given the chance to receive, but they will not. Just like he referred to Jacob and Esau. Jacob, I loved. Esau, I hated. They were already in the womb. They had not come out. But he had already pronounced. Why? Because that is not his will. But he already knows ahead that Jacob will receive salvation. Esau will reject salvation. Is that very clear? So Esau then will be called the son of what? Perdition. So now, those who reject the gospel, they heard it. And they reject the gospel. He's referring to them as though that drawback. Is that very clear? They heard the gospel. But they drew back. In other words, he stretched forth his hand to them, but they drew back their that they will not receive salvation. Is that very clear? Is it clear? Now, notice again verse 38. He said, now the just shall live by what? Is it a process? The just shall live by what? The just shall live by faith. Watch this. But if any man what? My soul shall have no pleasure in him. You can now understand vengeance is mine. Oh, is that very clear? You can now understand that the person now has allowed themselves to perish. That's what they normally call the wrath of God. It's the same thing. Is that very clear? That's why he said, my soul shall have no what? Pleasure in him. Okay. The writer quoted Habakkuk. The just shall live by faith. Habakkuk 2.4. So let's go to Habakkuk 2.4. Behold, his soul which is lifted up is not upright in him, but the just shall live by his faith. <laughs> now, the writer of the book of Hebrew used the word faith 31 times. Only in Hebrews 11. If you look at Hebrews 4.2, you see that he used the same word right there and it was for the gospel, true or false. Look at it. For unto us the gospel was, was the gospel preached as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them. Is it a gospel? What happened? Not being mixed with what? In them that heard it. 
So it's a once for all thing. They did not believe it. Is that very clear? So it is not a life that is being lived. It is hearing and what? Believing. Being given to receive. Is it making sense? Okay. Because most of us talk about faith in different ways. You know that. I need faith for a car. I need faith for a house. I need faith to do this. But the faith here is not speaking to that kind of faith. It is speaking to faith in Christ Jesus. Receiving the gospel and being, becoming a believer. Is that very clear? Okay. Let's look at Hebrews 6, 1 and 12. Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on to perfection by laying again the foundation of repentance from the dead, from dead works, and of faith toward what? Faith toward what? God. Is that very clear? Faith toward God. So it's speaking again. Is that very clear? Yes. Now look at the 12. That ye be not slothful, but followers of them who through what? Faith and Patience in inherit the promises. And you know, when Hebrews, Hebrews uses the word promises, don't be, don't be deceived. I've, I've taught on this. He's not talking about cars and, and houses. and He's talking about Christ, the promise. <laughs> Is that very clear? Okay. Okay. Look at Hebrews 10, 22, 23, and 38. Let us draw near with a, with a true heart of full assurance of faith. Clear. Full assurance of what? So, full assurance of belief in who? Is that very clear? Okay. Having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water, let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. For he is faithful that what? Promised. So, what kind of faith is the writer referring to? If you look at Hebrews 11, throughout, it shows us. So, we are all going to look at it. Everybody look at it. Let's go from 1 to 9. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. Is that very clear? If you are not careful, you say, hey, he's talking about things. Don't forget that he is coming from somewhere. The 38 and 39. And he's continuing. So, he cannot be referring to things. Is that very clear? So, watch this. He's already told us that those who did not believe or those who drew back, hmm? and he used the drawback in generic, that those who draw back, so it's a situation. People hear the gospel and they draw back. They are sons of perdition. Those who believe are saved. Clear. And he said, we are not of them that draw back. Ah, are you getting the point? Uh-huh. And then he comes to tell you now that faith is, he is telling you, we who believed, what made the difference? Who we believed? Is that very clear? That shows that we did not draw back. Am I making my sense? So we did not draw back. So he's now going to bring us from Abel right down to the least or the last to show us how they believed. How they did not draw back. Hey, is that very clear? So, he says, watch this. Faith is a substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. For by it, the elders obtained a good report. So, he's speaking about the... Who is he speaking to? Jewish people. So, they knew the elders. So, he's talking to them about their fathers. 
Is that very clear? Don't forget, he's speaking to them within a context. Telling them what our fathers did and how they did not draw back and were saved. So you also don't draw back. So you'll be saved. Praise God. Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the through faith. We know that the world, in the beginning, was the word. Who is the word? The word became and dwelt amongst. He is the reason. For what? Creation. He is the logic. The logos. The thinking pattern of creation. Is that very clear? So he is the reason. He is the reason. Creation came forth by him. <laughs> so that things are Seen were not made of things which do appear. By that faith, by that reason, Abel offered Aha. unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. So the difference between Cain, Cain believed Christ, the reason. Abel believed Christ, the reason for creation. Cain did not believe. Am I dividing the world? Is that very clear? By which he obtained witness. That he was righteous. When we believe, we become righteous. So what made Abel righteous? He believed his faith in Christ. God testifying of his gifts. <laughs> and by it, he being dead, yet speak. So he's alive. By faith, Enoch was translated. So Enoch believed. You see, the word believe, you have not looked at it. Be alive. You don't, you don't live. To believe. You believe to live. That's why when people talk about the law, I laugh at them. Because if you don't believe, you don't have life in you. So you receive life by what? Believing. Then you can what? Live. <laughs> I'm going to go into it. Is that very clear? That's why he said, by faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death. So he didn't say Enoch did not die. When we read, we don't understand. What he's saying is that spiritually, Enoch didn't die. He believed a better resurrection. How did I know? We'll come to it. Because God had translated him. And before his translation, he had this testimony that he, he pleased God. So Enoch pleased God. How did he please God? That's why the six. Oh, you don't get scripture. The six says, but without faith. So he's telling you, Enoch believed Christ. That is why he pleased God. And that's why Enoch will not see death. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is. And that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek. By faith, Noah, being warned of God, of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark, to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world. You understand? Condemned the world. Perdition. And became heir of the what? Righteousness, which is... <laughs> so, he is using Christ interchangeably with faith. Are you getting that? How he is writing? Because he knows he's talking to the Jews. Oh, are you getting the point? So he's making them understand that the faith they had is Christ. Continue, continue, continue. Let's go fast. By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should 
after receive. You see that? <laughs> For an inheritance. Obeyed. And he went out, not knowing whither he went. By faith, he sojourned to, into a land of promise. All of these are in figures of speech. All of these. Into a land of promise, inheritance. All he's talking about is our spiritual inheritance. Seated with him in Christ Jesus. Through Abraham, the lineage of Christ will come. The seed of promise will come. Are you getting the point? Okay. Dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob. Heirs with him of the same promise. You see how Esau missed it. He didn't believe. That's why he used Isaac and what? Jacob. Those who believed with Abraham in succession. That's why we have Abraham, Isaac, and what? Jacob. Is that very clear? Okay. Through faith also, Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age because she judged him faithful who had promised. So, you see, everything that they were doing, they were looking to the promise. She didn't have children to show her enemies that she can give birth. They were focused on the promise. Who is Christ? Now, look at how you see that Enoch also died. 13. Everybody read. Watch. These all. Who are the these? All of them he had what? Mentioned. They died in what? Faith. So did Enoch die? <laughs> is that very clear? Not having received the promises. So you can now see. That he's talking about Christ, the promise. The tangibility of Christ, they did not see. They died waiting for the promise. That's why when Christ rose, Matthew chapter 27, they also resurrected with him. That was when, when they received the tangibility of the promise. Is that very clear? Okay. But he says, having seen them what? Afar of where? Assured of them embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. So when you see promises, it speaks to Christ and all that is in Christ. Is that very clear? So you see that he speaks to their eternal life. He speaks to those seated with him in heavenly places. In exalted. Are you getting the point? Yes, it speaks to their sins for giving. Okay, so the promises... They know that they are pilgrims of the earth. By faith, Abraham, when he was tried, offered up who? Isaac. <laughs> that, and he had received. That he had, had received the promises, offered up his only. So all the focus was on Christ. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. <laughs> Watch this. By faith, Jacob. When he was dying, blessed both the sons of Jacob and worshipped, leaning upon the top of his staff. Did you hear that? By faith, Joseph, when he died, made mention of the what? Departing of the children of Israel and gave commandment concerning his bones. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hid three months in his parents. Of his parents because they saw he was a proper child and they were not afraid of the king's commandment. Is that very clear? Okay. So a proper child here means another thing. So I have seen people 
you will give birth to a proper child. You are prophesying. <laughs> yeah, proper child. Which child is born with not a proper child? It's talking about salvation. They knew that he was going to be used of God. Are you getting the point? Uh, they saw into his future. Is that very clear? Mm-hmm. <laughs> By faith, Moses, when he had come to he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's word. So they saw the promise. Say they saw the promise. He forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is, what this? As seeing him who is what? Invisible. Invisible. Through faith he kept the Passover, sprinkling of the blood, lest the destroyer, lest he, he that destroyed the firstborn should touch them. So it's not God that destroyed. You see that? It's not God that destroyed the firstborn. It's the he that destroyed. The he. Is even in small letters. Hey, clear. By faith, they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land, which the Egyptians are saying to do were drowned. All of this by faith in Christ Jesus. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they were compassed about seven days. By faith, the hallowed Rahab perished not. So Rahab heard the gospel, believed the gospel. What did Rahab do? Tell me. He believed in the promised land that even the children of Israel did not believe. So if you are t- telling me it's works, he's talking about what work did Rahab do? The lady, what did she do? By faith, the hallowed Rahab perished not with them that believe not. You see what she said? Oh my God. When she had received the spies with peace. So the reason why she received them was first she believed. So she lived. Did you receive understanding? All right. Honor the word. Lift up your voice. Grace, glorious grace. At the cross, you called it finished. Thank you for listening to Grace Bills by Reverend Josh Lai, lead pastor, Carry Center International. We believe the word has begun a good work in you. May God's amazing grace lead you to a peaceful and joy-filled life. Carry Center International, living heaven on earth.